Welcome in everyone to another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. Can we just start calling two niggas on the couch at this point? I mean, we could. This is like the 25th episode in. 23rd, 23rd. And you won't yeah. let me use that. We're on our Michael Jordan shit right now, 23rd episode. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. For all you loyal listeners out there, I think it's like five of you. Cousin Daryl, top of the list, number one. 100%. <laughs> our last guest. Uh, coming up today, we got a fight at a football game. We're going to relive, rehash the mouse of the palace. And Arkansas comes up with the worst, and I mean worst, vaccination campaign we've ever seen. But, Victor, it's August. It's getting hotter. September's around the corner, and you know what that means. It's time to talk about meaningless football. We got (laughs) preseason football, baby. (laughs) We got players who are trying to make the cut, who have already made the cut, who haven't played, who are probably not going to make it to the regular season. We had so many games this weekend. What stood out to you most of the NFL preseason? I, I think I wonder this, this stat line. When was the last time two brand new stadiums were open for the public for the first time in the state in the same state season? Because wasn't the Raiders' first game ever, and the Rams both had their first actual game of people being in there? They had the fans in the stands, yeah. And I think that was pretty interesting. Uh, on the field, though, I mean, it's got to be the rookie quarterbacks. You look it was at, a good day. It was, it was like it first was of all, day. you had Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. He started off really well. When you look at New England, Cam again play, like started for the Patriots. You had Mac Jones come out there. You had the four that you know the first four overall picks. We had Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville played pretty well. Got sacked a couple times. It's Jacksonville. Though. It's Jacksonville. I mean, when you have someone that like team needs everything. Yeah, when you have someone like Tim Tebow like trying to come a tight end, just missing so many key blocks. Uh, but then you also had Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick for the Jets. He played. He looked pretty well. He was the like biggest question mark for me because they had it said how poorly he played in practice, but he looked he looked pretty good. He looked pretty solid when the Jets played the Giants. Then you had Trey Area, Trey Lance, the player who hadn't played a game since the Senior Bowl in 2020, had so not thrown not like not thrown a pass. So smart. He goes number three overall, goes to the 49ers. He like uh, comes in for Jimmy Garoppolo, has an 80 yard touchdown pass, looks incredible. Struggled a little bit with consistency. But still look pretty good, and then of course, like the big one was Justin Fields. I liked how he looked. Like playing against the. I think, like uh, Max Kellerman was saying earlier, what he is is what it is. It's becoming that's becoming the new quarterback prototype. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't throw, and you can't run, you can't be quarterback soon because these players are coming in. You have these Patrick Mahomes. He won a Super Bowl with it. You have um, Lamar Jackson doing it. Like you have these players. Michael Vick was the beginning. Michael Vick set the tone, and now these other players are starting to like go out. I'm not saying they're only black athletes doing it, but we are doing it. No, saying. you're looking at you're basically looking at like dual threat quarterbacks. Because it's, it's no longer the Michael Vicks, the Lamar Jackson of the world. It's like you got someone like Josh Allen for Buffalo who can really run and move. Even Trevor Lawrence, like he's a rookie, but he can find he his footing. He can move. You like, look at what happened with Indianapolis with their two quarterbacks who are both rookies trying to take over for Carson Wentz because we don't know how long Carson Wentz is going to be out. Sam Ellinger from Texas, like, he can run. He can move. You have to be a dual-threat quarterback now because the defenses are so good and so fast. Yep, people are getting faster, and it it just it brings a different offense to you because if all else fails, you can kind of run out and make three, four yards, go off for 20 out of nowhere because then that means – and also it makes the defense stay rely on you. I mean, the defense has to dedicate one player – a linebacker most likely just to watch you would that could be someone on your fastest receiver or back on safety or be on the line so like it, it pretty much puts the defense on the back and obviously the NFL is clearly an offensive league now like they want 
they want points scored. They don't. Right. They don't care about defense anymore. They want. You know, they want a player to keep scoring. You can't touch them. And it's just like it's. I'm curious to see what's gonna look like in the next five years. I think it's so interesting because when you look at Justin Fields for the Bears, he comes out and he says, a reporter asked him, "How did the NFL speed look to you?" And he said, "Quote honestly, it looked kind of slow to me." End quote. And I'm like, "Okay, dude. He's being I, smart I love no, but I love the cockiness of it. Yes, but like all it's gonna take is like because you're playing in one of the like tough, like you know, I'm not gonna say toughest, but like when you think about the NFC North and it's so black and blue in Detroit and Minnesota and blue collar. It's like, dude, all I'm saying is if you're going to talk that talk and these fans are real, who knows? Those are the serious fans. Yeah. But who knows when he's going to replace Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton does end up becoming the starter for Chicago. Also, who knows if he gets knocked the fuck out next game. (laughs) That's that's, that's the whole other thing. Cause like you talk about it and it's like, let's be quite clear. Like you had the most drives out of any rookie quarterback. It looked like, but you were also playing against like second, third, maybe even fourth string defenses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you put together fourteen straight completions, which looks great. Mm-hmm. But when you like go out there and it's October, yeah, November, first stringers is a lot different. Yeah, I mean you that's, played that's, Ohio. That's the bigger and faster ones you're looking for. Dude. Exactly. So uh, again, I like the cockiness of it, but I do think that most interesting I found out is we're talking a lot of time about rookie quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but I think quarterbacks overall took precedent of it because another storyline to watch for was the Saints quarterback. Drew Brees yeah, retires. Yeah. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill yeah. didn't really separate themselves. They each threw an interception, each fumbled. The Saints as a team had six turnovers, didn't look great. I think Winston gets that starting job first. Oh, it's. I think, but I do. I think what's going to happen is um, Winston might be the starter, in quotes, but they both going to play all game. Oh, no, because when you, when you go back and you say you alluded to, hey, you need to be dual threat to play in this league, mm-hmm. Taysom Hill. Is more dual threat. He's like than I feel like Winston. he's more of just like the the threat, as in like the runner, the catcher, and he can happen. He just so happens to be able to throw a fucking accurate football. Yeah, but like how, but Winston, like bro, like you are a quarterback. There's no reason why this kid should be this person to be beating you. Like, well, it's interesting because one, he's been in the system longer with yes. Sean Payton. Sean Payton's loyal to his guys, mm-hmm. and two, Taysom Hill has almost like that 1940s. Like when football was still like. Because I was watching like, him play, I was like, he runs against a different, very unorthodox, really different system. Like he's like a player that's like he's like a player like oh go go, go play football. Yeah. Position, just get the ball, go play. Like, exactly. It's like, like it's like how kids play. Like oh I'm doing this, do that, do that, do that. But it's like no, bro. Like we stick to one position. That's all we're gonna do this time. But <laughs> but I mean when you look at the Saints, it's like they lose Drew Brees. They played a game, game against Baltimore where the team combined had six turnovers. And come on, that's your number one quarterback, number two quarterback. And they time got, for a coaching change, honestly. No, that's not going to happen. No, gonna happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Because there's when you look at that division, Carolina, Sam Darnold, who knows how well they're going to play. Again, Atlanta, you lose Julio Jones. Matt Ryan comes in. His backup, AJ McCarron, didn't really play that well. Of course, you got Tom and Tampa Bay, defending yeah, Super Bowl champs. Yeah, sure. So how good do they look? And then, of course, you got the Saints. So the NFC South could be up and down. I think it's looking year. like the Buccaneers division to win at this point. Right? Oh, yeah, I think definitely. Anybody say that bet. But like, like I was kidding, but Sean Payton is a really good coach, and I think he knows what he's doing. And I think if he can get, if anyone can get Jameis Winston like his like his last shot, it will be Sean Payton. No, like, he'll try. He'll give it. To I, him. I don't know if this is even but his I know, last wait, shot. On, did you see him do the drills with with the with the, with the pads? <laughs> yeah. That was bad. He he did not look great. I think the best thing about Jameis was, did you see the interview he had? Where he put on his job interview voice, quote unquote, where he was enunciating everything, he and he was making sure he was talking real proper, like so no. He, he now he's making make a joke of it, like make it be you, like that's all they care about, be you and be real. Like, well, no, because I got tired of him being real. I got tired of him. 
We gonna oh, eat the W. What was the W? We What's that? The w. That was so disgusting. No, we don't like. You know, no. that's, that's before COVID. Like, can you imagine that now? Like, nigga, go put some uh, wash your hands, bro. That's you disgusting. just put your mouth all up in your hands, on your hands, and you've been touching the football field, bro. Now like, you go touch the football and then throw that football to me. No, 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 no. We ain't doing it. Oh, we ain't doing it. I my gloves. Like. <laughs> but no, I think the quarterback position is such a big thing, as we know with NFL, because we saw someone play for the first time in two years, and that was Jordan Love for the Green Bay Packers. That's right. And he looked pretty good. He looked he looked up and down. He put together a really nice scoring drive where he went 6-6 six six on one drive, and he looked great. But then there's other times where it looks like it's stalled. But then it's like, hey, I don't know if that goes to show Aaron Rodgers is really good for making – it work with the same pieces mm-hmm. or hey this is what Aaron Rodgers has been going through it's not that easy Jordan Love are you ready to take the next like step in doing it and I like what his coach said Matt LaFleur said after the game where he's like if there's one thing I would tell him is he gotta get the ball out quicker gotta get the ball out quicker if you see someone open gotta slang that thing you know gotta slang that thing get up and he had a nice arm he's a nice arm so Green Bay we'll see what happens I thought it was interesting speaking of another, another quarterback in that game they were playing the Houston Texans Deshaun Watson so much what stuff is going like, on. Like, are they gonna like? like I, I I don't know if it's the character assassination by the ownership because that shit is still like very fishy. How it came out of nowhere. Like right. one day he goes, "Yeah, I want to get traded." Next day, forty five women come out. Like, oh, really? All at one time? So y'all were just hiding it? Like, okay. And now, and they kind of like it kind of died down. And now they're talking about no. Like, oh, now right, it's roaring back like, up. Now it's roaring back the, up. And when the season starts back up again, it's like, oh, so when you want to trade them. For nothing or keep them, it's like all right. Like I hope it's not real, because if it is, then like yo, bro, you you done. Well, that's that's the big thing. Like there were some news articles that came out that reported that the NFL was really intrusive in talking to the victims. Mm-hmm. The victims have spoken to police. The victims who have spoken to both the NFL and police said the police did a much better job of handling it, where they were actually letting them talk and letting them go through sentences, mm-hmm. whereas the NFL was doing that old stereotype of well, what were you wearing on the night? Did you say anything? Slut shaming, victim blaming. You kind of walked into this. You kind of wanted it. He misinterpreted. All that stuff was going on. So when you look at that, it's kind of weird that it was the biggest story at one point in all of sports, and then it just died down. And then now that football season's coming back, they're kind of sort of bringing it back up. But again, I do think that we all said, well, it's just a civil. It's 22 women. It's a civil. Civil case. But now you have women coming out saying, no, no, this is a criminal investigation. He touched me in a way I didn't want to be touched. This is now criminal. I have filed something with the police, and we still don't know where that is going. So to your point, where you're like, this is a character assassination, we know that the Texans aren't trading. We know that now. So had had they done a 180, the Texans organization said, well, since we can't trade you, now we're going to protect you. Because Roger Goodell, what are you doing? You said any person that was, you know, under sexual assault or sexual allegations, you were going to put them on the commissioner's exempt list. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson hasn't been placed on an NFL exempt list. What's going to happen I, now? I've always said, if a player's good enough, they can do whatever the fuck they want. That's and that's and the sad part. It's really sad. But remember, first of all, an example was Greg Hardy. Yeah, MMA fighter. Even though he's MMA fighter now, and he deserves to be that for a while, but like. Even though he kept getting suspended, but he kept getting signed, and, the, and until until it took the last one where the girl said, "Oh yeah, it was a bed of guns," and he beat me. Yeah, and it, that was so kind of was like. Ugh. And then we saw the pictures come out, and we saw the bed and of I, guns. And even then, that was kind of like, 
going to suspend him for a year. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, you have to look any further than one of your former, you know, 49ers, Raiders, Alden Smith. Smith. He, just, he just got released, but it's like he got chance after chance after chance. And now if you're Roger Goodell, you have to take a look and say, you said like your commissioner, Exempt Bliss was going to be for this. You put together a whole committee that was supposed to be for women's rights that got quickly dissolved in less than two years because so many people were like, you're not doing anything for women. So the NFL has just bungled this so, so, so much. And again, we got less than like a month before NFL kicks off when you have the defending Super Bowl champs, Tampa Buccaneers, facing the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll have to see what happens with all that. But overall, getting back to the field, pretty impressed to see some of these new quarterbacks. We'll have to see where it goes. They're going to have to try to beat out some mainstays, or can they really be the face of the franchise? Only time will tell. Victor did bring up a good point, though, where he said the Raiders and Rams are opening brand new stadiums. I don't include the Chargers. The Rams and Raiders. I'll be seeing Raiders soon. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, They they finally had home games where they can invite people into the stands. Well, actual fans, not just rich. Actual fans. Not rich motherfuckers. (laughs) Well, no, actual fans. So, when the Los Angeles Rams played the Costa Mesa Carson Chargers, (laughs) we had a nice fight in the stands, Victor. We had a huge fight in the stands. Okay, so the big question was, when you watch this video and you see this guy in the Aaron Donald, you know, jersey, and he's hooting and hollering at at other Rams fans, at other Rams fans, and out of nowhere, this woman takes her soda and throws it at him. And next, you know, he can't see who does it. So he turns around he and just... He assumed it was them. He assumes it was and them. And I would assume, too. So then he just karate chops, blah, 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 and see, slaps he, everybody. He was doing so good until, you know what the problem was? He, he's, he's heavy, and also <laughs> the seats are down. So when he was swinging, technically he had to swing down a little, and he swung down, he missed, he went forward, he fell, and they whooped his He ass. also got pushed in the back. There was someone who was pushing, like, push him in the ass, and they were pouncing on him. But the big question is, one, there's two big questions I have. Number one... This is the first ever game in SoFi, the $6 billion stadium, for a preseason game that doesn't matter. And you about to get banned for life. Banned for life. Because they got you caught on camera. Caught on camera. Several cameras. Like, <laughs> several cameras. Like, and, I'm just, I'm, and you got to assume a brand new stadium, they have state-of-art fucking surveillance Oh, system you know they're right. Like, they're databases. You would, you would assume so. And, like, and all these seats, because like, all these tickets have to be all electronic now. So... Obviously, they might not know exactly. They're going to find out what seat you're in. It might take them a week or two, but they're going to find out what seat you're in. They're going to see who pulled the ticket. Maybe you bought somebody else, and they're like, "Okay, who who just sell it to?" Yeah, and they're going to, they're going to find you. Like they don't they they you can't allow that to happen, especially on the first game. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, I couldn't I could not imagine telling somebody like, "Yo, I'm banned from the games." Why? I got to a fight. I win during preseason. The first game, <laughs> the like, first game, like at least fighting the Super Bowl or something. You know? Yeah, like, make it memorable. But like that shit was stupid because then like you have all the people fighting. Like this stadium cost what two billion? Three billion? Oh, six billion. Oh, six billion. Six billion. Like, Come on now. So for six billion dollars, um, billion six billion, billion dollars, and what seventy thousand capacity? Give or seventy thousand seats. So you probably have seventy five in there or something like that. You have to have you, and there was no security. Right, that was like, that me, was my number bro. two point. I get security can't like be everywhere in every second, but you saw the everybody saw a commotion, and there should be at least one person standing every twenty feet. Give it at Dodger Stadium. There's always someone on top of the rows on every row, just watching in case that happens, so they can go. Ao, come here real quick, and no one came. Well, my 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 second point was there was no security 
And when you watch this video, that fight went on for a while. Wild. Usually you see, okay, it's broken up, broken up. They get pushed away. That was at least a minute and because a half where guys are es fighting. Essentially, when they were whooping his ass, they could have killed him. I mean, if he takes him hits to the head, you know they like, him in the body. You don't know if he has like, like, any you know, medical conditions. We don't know what they have. You can say, like, exactly, like, he was obviously a little overweight. <laughs> He's I'm, I'm assuming intoxicated. Oh, I'm, intoxicated. I'm, yeah, I'm, come on. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm drunk. But like... You don't know what could like he could have literally like remember I remember a few years ago at a Raider a Raider fan whoop whoop <laughs> and in Baltimore he fucking put someone in a coma and he got charged because because he it got they got to a fight Raven game and he when he hit him the dude hit his head on the fucking stairs and he cracked the skull wow obviously he wasn't he wasn't, if he wasn't planning on that yeah like I hate that it happened but like I want to know don't fuck with Raider fans because we fucking <laughs> crazy but like well, that shit was, I think that it's interesting bad. you say that because. I think the biggest thing that is, you know, brought to your attention or our attention since we are, you know, from the Los Angeles area was we are now starting to get a bad reputation. So, again, oh, yeah, the Dodgers are bad. The Dodgers, like the Do we saw what happened when the Dodgers played the Astros a couple weeks ago when they're throwing beer cans at an Astro fan. Again, don't know the whole situation that happened there. Brian Stowe, the player who got hit in the head during bat night and went into a coma. Now you're looking at Rams fans and all this. And you say, like, there's still a lot of Raider fans out here. And we'll have to see what happens during the actual regular season when Raider fans October, from L.A. I think October 4th will be there. <laughs> you know, L.A. Raider fans, Oakland Raider fans, and then now new Las Vegas Raider fans are all going to be in the same place at the same time. So the question is, how can you prevent this? But again, I, how, how do you prevent this? Because you, you can't prevent 60,000 people from doing anything. Right. Like, you can only pray to God that they don't like. Can you like any 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 sporting event? If for some reason, like let's say a fan got to the mic and was like, "Everyone, turn your attention to the fucking ring and rush it." You know what I'm saying? Like now, <laughs> now it's like the Warriors. Like when you look at the movie, the, the film, the Warriors. No, exactly. When it was like, "Hey, there's this many gang members in New York. Yeah. There's this many cops. What happens if we all unite and then take over the city?" Exactly. <laughs> like, so like, exactly, like, like concept like. Technically, it's possible it never would happen because like you need everybody to be fucking on the right mind. No one would do that, but that's a real reality people have to deal with. And it's it's ironic that 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 fucking that soda was thrown because we we know from history like we've seen stuff before like a simple cup thrown shit pops off. Yeah. Because if I was walking, like the worst part was to do even though I always call I call the beginning of what that was drunk banter because I feel like when people get drunk as fuck. And they're hyped up among the football shit. They're fucking talking back and shit. And most of the time, I've been in situations, I've seen situations, it's just a bunch of back and forth fucking bullshit. And no one ever fucking fights. It's like it's like baseball players. They right. talk all that shit. They fucking clear the fucking dugouts. Right. They do nothing. Same thing with basketball. Football players. First off, they're the worst fighters. Like, how yeah. are you going to fight with Pazzo, nigga? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, and except for uh, fucking Finnegan. That nigga ripped the helmet off that one. Yeah, I mean, that's Andre yeah, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. That could be future Hall of Famer Andre Johnson yeah. who ripped the helmet off you and then beat Corlin Finnegan. With it, which is hilarious. Yeah. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these like, people don't really like to fight. And then, like, this dude was literally like, he was clearly outnumbered. Clearly outnumbered. I don't know. I, don't, I, I really wonder what he did. Like, Oh, it had to be something that was said. Or, but it's like, again, you guys are all wearing Ram stuff. That's why it's weird. Like, What are you doing? Like, He didn't seem, he didn't seem like, drunk in the sense of, like, he was, like, spilling shit over. He looked like he was drunk as fuck, but, like, not, like, sloppy drunk at the time. He's, I'm, I, he must have said something wild. Maybe he said something weird. Or, I don't know. Or he probably was like, yo, get the fuck out of the way. Like, he probably said some aggressive shit. And they're like, yo, shut up, bitch. And they're like, I mean, how y'all niggas fight each other, bro? Like, and it's sad because you know why? Because when the Raiders come to town, 
we're gonna take that arena ourselves. Like that's gonna be all black in that moment. Well, it's not even the Raiders. It's like when you look at who the Rams and who the Chargers play this year. It's like I think it's the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Steelers, obviously all the Chiefs, teams. Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos. Are Steelers coming to town? Steelers are coming to play the Chargers. So it's, oh my god! The Bears are coming to play the Rams. That's opening night. The Bears travel again. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with SoFi because that stadium isn't really complete yet. Like no parking structures really. No place to tailgate. There's no parking structures, right? Not yet. You're still going into Inglewood to get there. So we don't know yet what like how it's gonna look when it's full capacity. If that's the first preseason game, but I guarantee there was a you, standing room only, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, there definitely standing is. But I guarantee you, Stan Kroenke saw it. The mayor Butts, the mayor of Inglewood saw Everyone it. Everyone saw it. Everyone saw it, and I guarantee you, they're oh, gonna make magic they're gonna make precautions. They're gonna make precautions going because it's it's football. When, like, when did they stop selling beer third quarter? No, I like probably third quarter, but I mean I for a brand new stadium, like who knows? Uh, that's I don't know if that's like a rule that you have to follow if you no, say I, like, hey, I, we need to rec- I think they, I think we they need all, to recoup money from all, last year. Good point, but they do. They all they all stop serving beer after a certain time. They know if they serve it too late and people drive home, they're kind of liable for it. I mean, that's something we can definitely look up. I I think it might be before the fourth, maybe after the third. Probably but midway fourth. We have this. We, we definitely have to look that up. But again, everyone was put on notice when that fight happens, and it's interesting. Because as Victor kind of brought up, Malice at the Palace, mm-hmm. the sports doc dropped on Netflix, produced by Jermaine O'Neal, someone who was involved was in it. Him? Yeah, he was produ- he was producing That's it. That's why he was acting that way. Which is interesting because again, a lot of people say like, "Yo, you're supposed to be objective about this," but how can you be objective when you're the one producing it? But Victor, when you watch that Malice at the Palace, before we even get to the doc, that was 2004. That was our freshman year of high school. Damn. What do you remember most about that I night? I remember watching that shit for hours that night. Just sitting there like, oh my! I remember it was so good. I plugged in my computer speakers to hear to hear on with, with subs. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was amazing. Like, I think all, all I remember was just seeing this 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 nigga fucking Steven Jackson run up in there and smack the dog shit out that nigga. And I was just like, damn, I thought she fucking. And it, so that was the best hit. Like our test scared shit. That's that. I remember that, that that white dude just fucking cheering like, yeah, yeah, like bro, like if you see this man, I've seen our test in person. I've seen this on several occasions. This nigga big. And right. This is, is post NBA career. Yeah. So he was sloppy at that point. He wasn't that. But it, in his prime. Yeah. That motherfucker was running. I don't think we all talk about how fast he got up there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like to go up four or five rows. Granted, it's not that high. It'll take me. I can get up there. But he got up there quick. He got up there really quickly. Quick. Like he yeah. was whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. What's up? And this. And then first off, I know it's fast. But like if I saw it coming at me. And I don't give a fuck if it be or not. I don't get out the way. Right. And that dude just stood there cheering, and then Artez grabbed him by his head, pulled him down. Players, fans start grabbing Artez. Steve Johnson came in with that right smack. And then yeah. like, Fred Jones got fucked up. Like Fans on the court. Fans on the, and then the fans on the court. Like, how do, you, how do you rush? How do you go on the court? Like, first of all, I've drank. I, I, I have an occasional alcohol. Right, right. Here. But I have, I challenge, I'll challenge anybody, but I would not. Purposely go onto the court, challenge someone who is that dude is what five eight maybe yeah maybe five eight exactly that's someone that's over thirteen inches on me even if you even if you're six one you're still fighting someone that's six nine six nine you're still getting up seven inches at least that fool at least ten inches at least like fucking eighty pounds yeah easy. Yeah, muscle. No, I think I think the this big thing about this, flinched. like, what's up? Yeah, and he like he he cocked his hand. I think the thing that's so interesting about it is when I go back and watch it, I remember the this being two thousand four, 
it was that. And you just remember, like, oh, my God, this is going to be a good series because it's Detroit versus Indiana. It's two good teams. When you go back and look at the scores and you're like, oh, my God, it's 75 to 69 with two minutes left or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, back then when it was like, oh, this defense. Game was over. Yeah, defense. But that's back when, like, not that particular game, but just that's how they play, you yeah. know, Pistons who held all their opponents because they had such great defense. I look at it and go, wow, how they vilified the players by just one key word of thug. And then you look at, like, Allen Iverson. You look at the malice of the Palace of Auburn Hills. And then you look at David Stern enforcing the dress code. And when I went back and watched, when I watched the doc, which was actually a phenomenal doc, if you haven't checked it out, go watch it. There's a lot of things in there that I didn't know. And they did a lot of of good things. But the thing that stood out to me was how they kept repeating, thug, 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 thug. And I didn't realize that at the moment when you and I were watching it live, talking about it in ninth grade, like, oh, you, you see that fight? Like, why? we didn't think anything we, of it. We didn't think of it because that's nothing to us. Like, we're like, oh, that's just what they say. And right. But we know, like, that fuck, that's not the same thing. Obviously, and also, we were too young to really comprehend what the fuck they were talking about. Exactly. Like, now, I'll be like, they're not fucking thugs. Like, it's, they, it's almost like a dog whistle. No, we're like, oh, they're overprivileged players. Like, they're underpaid. Shut the fuck up. Like, it, I, granted, I know it's a crazy thought to say, but, like, like, that shit was they got vilified, they got vilified by the media. Yeah, They're, Fox News, of course, was going after them. Like, they yeah, every them. every every local media report was going after them, saying like, "Look, this is what the NBA looks like now. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the game of like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Hey, you can be rivals Which and have that, but you can still play well." Like you're talking about something 24 years ago at that point, right? Like that's, that's, that was years ago. Yeah, like, that's a whole different. You weren't even fucking shut up. Like, like, but that's what they're saying. It's like, look how everything has changed no, no, for the worse. Because Lee was, was wider than. I mean, you can make that case, but it's like it's a different type of black as well. Yep. That's the thing. It's like Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, like even him being like bad boy, Michael Jordan. They still were black, but they, they weren't were thugs. Cut. They were clean cut. They, they, like, they weren't these street kids. Yeah, thinking. exactly. They weren't anything like that. But I do like there's so much stuff I found interesting in this doc. I think number one was when Reggie Miller said, you know, Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal were going at it all the time mm-hmm. when they first played together. And then what do the Pacers do? They draft Steven Jackson. Yeah. No, they traded for him. They traded for him. Well, he that... got drafted by the Hawks and they got traded to him, I think. Okay, or okay. Like but did he play for anyone else before he went to the league? Yeah. Okay, so they that's who they get yeah. their first round, right? That's number one. Number two, I think it's interesting that Jamal Tinsley put the battery, as Steven Jackson said, in Ron Artest's back and said, you can go get your foul now. Which was stupid. Right, because you're already up. It's the seventh game of the season. It, like, it's a primetime game. Like, in the worst part, like, they teach you how, like, those small mistakes will cost you in the long run. Yeah. That shit cost, had ripples effects in their careers. Yeah, exactly. It had, it had a whole bunch of ripple effects. And I think that's the interesting part. I think number three for me was when the cops, which we talk about, where was security in the Raiders uh, Chargers fight? Wait a minute. Where were the police officers at this Pistons game? And then when you hear them talk to the police officers that had their mace out, and Reggie Miller's like, wait, why are you about to mace me? Oh, I didn't know that was Reggie Miller. <laughs> it's like, nigga, like, even if you know who was Reggie Miller, like, this nigga's six foot eight. Right. Suit. Right. On the court. Right. Holding yeah. Ron Artest. Who the fuck sits court side of suit? Yeah. Like, like did you saying? think he was just some random dude? Like, he's probably a coach if he, they like. Exactly. Like, like, first off, any person who's ever seen any NBA players, you know, they don't even look, they look subhuman. Like, right. Exactly. When you're around regular people. Like, if you're a cop, this person's a giant on Okay, there's you. Your first assumption be racist at a point. He's probably a busy player. Like he was. Like, can you imagine being a mace Reggie Miller? That would have been even bigger. Because then that like that sparks a whole other conversation about like police police brutality and all that. And I think the one thing that really got me though 
and I, I'm so happy that he was able to say this and do this, and he was so open and honest about it, was Ron Artest saying, I felt like a coward that I, like, when, when I left. Because he's like, I couldn't even, like, whenever I see Jermaine O'Neal, I feel like a coward. I'm like, that is someone who takes accountability mm-hmm. and then is able to own up on his mistakes. Because, again, I like what someone said, like, even though he wasn't a part of the Spurs, Steven Jackson still knows what it feels like to win a championship. Yep. Ron Artest, big game, game seven against he's the Celtics. Big, he's a big part of that championship. Gets a championship with the Lakers. He felt, he felt, he felt vilified. He even said, I realized at that post game, I never saw that in that part, he's like, this is really this ain't for me. This is for this is for my guys. Like yeah, he said it. Like I fucked up. Like I, this was, I should have won this years ago. But yeah, I wasn't meant for it. And then time. think about Reggie Miller. Like Dude. Reggie Miller retires. He doesn't tell the Pacers. He doesn't tell anyone. He's like, I don't want this season to be about me because we can actually win this thing. And then when all the, all of them get suspended, he's like, Oh, I'm retiring. And now if he wins a ring, not saying he would because again the Pistons lost to the Spurs. Yeah. But if he if he wins a ring. His whole perception, changed. his whole career is changed. His he, narrative he, he is changed. He goes from beloved, already hardworking, like one of the best players of all time. I still personally think the greatest shooter of all time, even though Curry might take that at the end. Curry, Ray Allen. But yeah. I, I think this is what Reggie Miller, what he, what he did was just, Curry was a different level. But like, Reggie, with 35 seconds, like, like, come on, son. Like, he did so much, like, choking out, choking. Like, <laughs> Reggie yeah. was a whole different monster. He was an asshole. But, I mean, it's interesting when you look at Reggie where it's like, oh, he could never be Jordan. And then once Jordan retires, like, oh, this is our year. And then you make it to the finals. Kobe and Shaq. And then it's like, okay, 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 they're gone. And then it's like, well, now, like, now I'm out. And you get one of the best. You have your best team probably ever in your career. Right. Your last year, you're still a shooter. You're still a fucking slasher. You still do your thing. And then these niggas start fighting. And it's crazy, too, because, like, you want to talk about ripple effect. Everyone makes such a big deal about big threes. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got to have a big three to win in today's NBA. If you had them when they were young with Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest mm-hmm. and Steven Jackson. That is a solid big three mm-hmm. to contend with the Detroit Pistons. It's before LeBron blows up yep. and goes to his first finals in 08. And it's before KG gets traded to Boston. Well, that trade even happened. You know? Like, it's so much, so much it's like ripples effect. Like, Butterfly effect. So much stuff could have happened. It's like, what is bought Jermaine O'Neal or something like that? You know? Yeah. And then, then your question is oh my God, in Indiana sports, like a a state that's a big city for folk for basketball. A big like that state bleeds basketball. So like Hoosiers, you, all that. Yeah, would, I think you would be able, you'd be able to get free agents to go there if you're already winning. If you play with those three, that's a legit big three. All you would really need, like no disrespect to Jamal Tinsley, but like if you you need like a, a point guard. But even then, like they would run the East because you're thinking about like who was good in that time in the East. It's like okay. You had the Nets when they like had their run. Uh, they're kind of coming off again. You got AI and Philly. Uh, they're like kind of coming the off. East with that, the East had that. That was that whole period where the East was like anybody can win it. Anyone can win it. Ter- they were going in sub five hundred to games and shit. Like exactly. So the West it, was beating. The West was the West was the powerhouse. It exactly. Is, still, still to this day, it kind of is. Kind of is. It's starting to even out a little more, but it's still. The Oh man! But if you guys have not checked that out, the Mouse of the Palace doc, it is just absolutely incredible. So Jermaine O'Neal produced it. Jermaine was, O'Neal cause produced cause it cause in- the entire time when he was talking. I was like, "Why is this nigga wearing such a, such a small suit?" <laughs> like, I, I get the fit it the fit it look like, bro. Like, you can get one size bigger. Like, well, the big thing that gets me, and this takes some like, I guess this is objective, is there was that one scene when the guy who ran on the court, and he's like, "Oh, Jermaine O'Neal sucker punched me," no. and he said, "quote It was a bitch move." End quote. Learn. Dude, if I'm Jermaine O'Neal, if I'm Jermaine O'Neal, I'm the producer. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop it down, stop editing. 
Let's get on a plane. Mm-hmm. We're going to Detroit. He and I are going to be in the same room. Let's talk about it face to face. You realize so the fact that he produced it that tells you that he was like oh he's, he was like leave that in there. Oh yeah, probably because he was like because even the dude when he said like he's it's a bitch move, and it's just like, do you know what the fuck you just would you say like he whooped your ass back then he'll do it again yeah he was like like Dre O'Neal like this was that that was one that was one of the vicious hits because even Randy Miller said he was like that guy should be happy as fuck. Jermaine fucking slipped. It was the best slip in history. It was the best he, slip he in might, history. He might have killed him. Yeah. And I was like, and I felt, but I always felt like the slip. Remember when, he, when Jermaine ran, he slipped. He pushed his fist and he pushed the foes back with him. I'm like, bro, I didn't even think about it. Like, if he would have, I was like, if he would have been standing and swung on him, he probably would have broken. He would have killed him. Well, I think the uh, the other crazy thing too, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying about SoFi Stadium, is you have all these different angles. So when we watched that doc mm-hmm. and they had the prosecutor on there and they were like. We actually, with crime, when there's assault, we only have, like, he said, Someone, she said. We have. But we have all, and the thing to me, too, is, like, you also have ESPN broadcasting the game. So think about how many camera angles they had. And broadcasting stuff. All that. So then think, think about how much, like, the guy, I didn't know the guy was, like, when Reggie Miller was, like, they were literally, or was it Jermaine O'Neal? One of the, was, one of the players, Pacer players was, they were literally taking, trying to take chairs out. Oh, yeah, they and just throw them at, the, and they found the and guy who threw a chair. Was, that was the wild part, how the, the prosecutor came out, he was like, we're gonna find out what happened, and I was like, I didn't know any of that. I, I we were kids, so we didn't give a fuck with that. We're like, all right, it's gone now. Yeah. And I, I, I even, I, it like, I forget that, like, oh yeah, it's a whole process afterwards. It, like, for months in Detroit, it's like all of their news, obviously, or five we were watching the news, and then like, I love how the prosecutor came out because the NBA, they fucked them over. They, well, I, I think the Davis. Day the suspensions were kind of fucking fair, somewhat, but then when the guy, when the prosecutor said, oh no, we're charging him. Because he started all this. And the guy was like, what do you mean? It's like, no, nigga. Right, we're talking about the guy that threw the beer. If you yeah. didn't throw it, none of that would happen. Exactly. For sure. Like, it is like, it is, and that's why Jermaine was, like, was like, oh, we're all friends, but the fans don't know that. Right. We're just hyped up fucking competitive fucking things. And it's like, but the dude was grabbing chairs. And then I love how the dude who, got, who called the bitch move, he got charged. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I love how the judge was like, what were you thinking? Like, exactly. What, what, were you, what, what were you thinking? He's right. Like, Jermaine O'Neill was in his lawful right when you come up to him. Mm-hmm. And when they had the, one of the de- detectives was like, when it comes to like assault cases, it takes like an hour mm-hmm. to do police reports. This took us like three weeks to actually go through tapes, go back. And it was crazy that the lead prosecutor <laughs> knew the guy who threw the beer. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, he was like dating a friend. Oh, he dated. He was, I couldn't tell what it was. I realized, oh, that's that dude's ex. Yeah, I was exactly. Like, what? Small world. I was just like, that's like, God wants you to get caught. Bro. Like, God wants you to get caught. <laughs> no, I mean, that Mouse of the Palace doc was great. If you haven't seen it, check it out on Netflix. I think they did a really good job. Steven Jackson, Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, and Reggie Miller, like the way they all recounted it and talked about it was very, very insightful on it, something that will probably... That shit was satisfying. The, the one that hopefully I will never see again, but again, ESPN ran that into the ground like every day. Um, but we actually had some basketball on the court, Victor. Summer League's going on right now. And wouldn't you know it, there was a fight in Summer League. There was a huge fight in Summer League. Of course there's a fight. They're fighting for their spots. <laughs> we always say, oh, it's ironic because they're fighting for their spots. But when you look at this fight in Summer League, one, it's a hard foul. Don't get me wrong. No, it was a it was a very hard foul. And it's you know what it is? It's, it's one of those fouls that were the NBA is trying to outlaw for, for, for good reason because, like, if somebody's already in the fucking air, either you fucking grab them and you fucking bear hug them and pull them down, or you let them fucking go. 
because we know what could happen to them. Like if they fall, you can end their career. Yeah. Like you literally can end their. Hadn't who was it? Was it? TV so Ford? well, let me let me make sure. I, I'm gonna mispronounce these. I apologize. Well, there's Nigerian players. Right? Sacramento Kings center Chamizi Metu uh, was suspended one game for punching Dallas Mavs rookie Eugene Omari in the head. But when you look at it, it was more like a forearm punch. It wasn't really like a like a head to head, like yeah. you know, fist to the back of the head. But I agree with you when you say like we need to outlaw these because this is summer league. Like, what are you doing? That was the also awesome part is like I think because they're both Nigerian, they probably have like a little fucking pre, a pre, no. This was they're probably they probably play other like, in years like, in other other leagues. So, like they might have like a personal little vendetta, or he might have a personal vendetta against them because like that foul was stupid. Because like when you watch the play, you're like, why did you do that? Right, exactly. And I think when you when you look at the Kings and you look at the Mavericks, the Mavericks, I mean, that was a legitimate playoff team last year. Yeah. The Kings, they've been trying to get out of purgatory for, like, the last couple of seasons. But when you look at it, it's all like, I get you're fighting for spots, but you got to be smart because this just looks dumb. It's like, he fouled you hard, don't get me wrong, but now that you get up and do it, okay, you're sending a message to the league that, one, you're not going to be messed with. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But at the same time, now they can, like, mess with you and get in your head. And if you do make the final roster of the Kings, you're a liability because someone, like, Ron Artest, someone can, like, get in your head, and the next thing you know, you snap and you get into it. But I, I do think it's interesting that we're seeing more and more players, like, trying to, like, beef up and, like, take it to the next level yep. when it's like, hey, guys, this is not not really necessary. They think that's what they want. They want it's like they want to show their toughness, and they don't know how to really show it. Then they start to get violent. Well, the one thing I will say is there has been some really, really good performances in summer league. You look at the Pistons' number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. He's he's looking good. Seven threes last other night. Yeah, Luca Garza for the Pistons. He was the national player of the year from Iowa, undrafted. He looks pretty good. Jalen Green, the number two overall pick for the Houston Rockets. He said he's him number one. Hey, he's like, I want to be taking number one. He looks good for the Rockets. But as we know, Victor, in this time of year, we see a lot of people play in pro-am leagues. And maybe the Drew League, but one of the biggest ones is in Seattle or up in Portland. And we saw Isaiah Thomas a couple weeks ago score 81 in a pro game. No fucking defense. And then now we see Peyton Pritchard for the Boston Celtics who's also playing in summer league during his second year, scores 92. Nick Young came out and tweeted and said, hey, we need to figure out what's going on in Seattle. Stop holding guys from the liquor store to play defense. No, so, facts. Victor, what are, what's your thoughts on pro-ams? Listen, if you're scoring 92 points in a fucking pro-am, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what, what, why? And, and also... Let's not skip over the score of the game. It wasn't like they blew them out. Like, they barely won. Right. And you had a player score 92 points. So, Nick Young was in line. Like, what are y'all niggas doing? Well, see, that's the biggest question is like. Because it's like, also, this that guy, was it Pritchard? Last name Pritchard? Yeah. Like, granted, he's a pro, but, like, he ain't, like, fucking LeBron out there fucking doing this shit. Like, who are you playing against? Yeah. Your competition clearly cannot keep up with you. So you shouldn't even be in that league. Well, no. I mean, that's just what you do. You play every day. You get better every day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, look, when you're someone like that who's probably going to come off the bench now that the, the Celtics get Dennis Schroeder, yeah. like, yeah, you, you play. This is your second year in the league out of Oregon. Like, you play as much as you can. You hoop as much as you can. So, and so you, just, you can do. Yeah, but the fact that he's also playing in summer league in Vegas, like, that tells he's the coaches, like, like, he's, he's trying like, to play the game. He, he loves left, the game. Because he left. He had, like a pre, he had a previous engagement, so he left. That's why I was like, wait, I thought he was done playing. And, like, I guess whatever the fuck he's doing is in that city. But I'm just like, 
92 fucking points. And Isaiah Thomas, like, first off, heartbreaking. His little fucking bullshit little video. Like, all Like, how he was crying in the fucking hallway. It's like, listen, Isaiah Thomas, you're fucking, you are a pro player. You, you have the skill level for it. You definitely belong out there. But let's be fucking real. There's a player that's five inches taller than you do the same shit you could do. No, I mean, my biggest thing is like... Yes, he has heart. He does. He okay, does. but then you're saying this one player who's five to six inches taller, he can do it just as good as you. Who is that player? And is that player they're, in the league right now? Someone right now in the league. But how do we how do we know that though? Because he ain't playing. But no, you can't just say that though. If you have someone not, who's already proven versus someone who hasn't been proven, like because listen, let's not lie. Talent. Let's do some wild shit. It's gonna get you in the league. And he has a talent, but there's a reason why he's not there because he's just a liability somehow. No, I mean. He's a liability defensively. Like so there's a lot of players you can say that about. Nate Robinson was not here no more. He, <laughs> he was still no, but I think he, he was balling out. Of I think you can also look at someone like Tim Tebow. Like he's only in the league not because he's a talented. He's he the power of God. All right? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not a talented tight end. Like he got in the league because like yeah, I mean that too. So there has to be. Some, come on, we can look at some teams and be like, what are you doing? I'm looking at the New Orleans Pelicans. What are y'all doing? I I do think Isaiah Thomas will get a chance, but I don't know. Lakers would give it to him. But I just don't. Like, it was sad how he's like they gave up on me. Like they really didn't give up on you. It's like you got hurt. You and, look, but then the biggest thing is like I'm gonna play the vet card. Like look, he will sign for a vet minimum. Someone who knows how to play in the NBA, which not a lot of guys know how to do. I think it's interesting when you said it like Ben Wallace and Jermaine. I know like hey, we're our, we're like friends. It's because yeah, that NBA fraternity is is small. Because not that many guys have ever worn an NBA jersey and played an NBA game before. Especially, it's wild because like Isaiah Thomas was the MVP candidate that year. He probably should have. He I arguably should have gotten, but the Celtics fucked him over. Like this man played the day after his sister died. Yeah, and, like you just get rid of him. Like exactly that. That, that was that was kind of dirty. But but how many teams do we look at and go? You know what? You can use like a eighth, ninth man off the he bench. He can play on the fucking Kings. Like, yeah, like, boom, King like, already he, played with them before. Yeah, was Might as well go back. Like who's who's the bottom team? Pelicans, like who's their point guard situation right now? They just they just re-signed Josh Hart. Okay, cool. Who else you got on your backup? Like, there's definitely the. It's like I do. You do want you always want to see players like shine, but it's like, yo, bro, like there's players that are taller that can do the same shit you can do. What's what's Orlando doing? Like, are they this great team? They just had a fire but, sale. Like, yeah. come but on, think, Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, all gone. Like, come on. Like, no, hold on. About Fournier. Did you see that that meme about Fournier? Where you're talking about his barbershop? Barber? Yeah. And they said, so <laughs> the Durant, he cut you up again? <laughs> like, yeah. That was pretty good. There was, a, there was a meme where Evan Fournier was like, I need a barber in Brooklyn. And someone responded with this guy named Kevin. He already cut you once. <laughs> he cut you up in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, you one too. <laughs> yeah, but that'd be good. But I, I don't know. You want you want Isaiah Thomas? He's been out for what three, four years now. How long has he been out? Isaiah Thomas. He's been out for a solid like three years. He, he was, was playing with before Cleveland the pandemic. Was? Yeah, I get. What's Cleveland doing? Like, when LeBron was there. Too. Yeah, and Le, him and LeBron have a relationship, and now he's like coming to Lakers. Who knows? And, and LeBron was like, bye. Like, he's like, <laughs> hey, get out. Like. I, I just know. can't say like if he has proven himself as a scorer. All I gotta say is if fucking Jello gets signed before I, I think I'll be pissed. I mean that's the other thing though, but he's taller though. But yeah. Isaiah has already done; he's already proven that he Isaiah can Thomas score in league. Fuck up Jello, like, not question. <laughs> so if we're talking about Isaiah Thomas, like like hopefully the programs, yeah, they only do so much. I think Nick Young did have a little bit of a point where it's like, yeah, they don't play defense. Like, why would you? Like, you know, how many scouts are there? Like, oh, he really played good defense in this program. Who knows? But 
if they can find a team with like, hey, we need some veteran leadership, at least for the young guys' perspectives, mm-hmm. then yeah, by all means, bring them in. I could, like, that's why I could see one of the bottom 10 teams picking them up, possibly. Like, I don't really see a contender going for him. No. Unless they give him, like, that, that Dwight Howard deal the first year where they could have, like, it ain't guaranteed till like, fucking December 15th. It's October first, right now. Right, like it'd be something like that, and even then, I think he might not even make it. But who, know, who knows? Who knows? There's, there's so no, much. Time I might be to tell. Eat, my, eat my words in like an episode or two. Like, yo, I was wrong. Like, you know, <laughs> I, he could get signed. You never know. There's gonna be so much stuff that happens between now and October twenty. Like, I think October nineteenth when uh, the season officially begins. Uh, but Victor, last topic of the show. Mm-hmm. We teased it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Arkansas. Jesus Christ. Arkansas has some of the worst vaccination rates in the country. Yes, and they came out with one of the worst, and I mean their governor worst. is trying to switch fucking. He's trying to make the mandate come back because he isn't it. A she isn't isn't no, the governor of Arkansas, Arkansas a she? Because he he they passed he he signed a law to allow to not allow any mandates in the entire state, and then he literally says, "I regret that decision." That's right, Ace he, Hutchinson, who was already he, pretty bad. He regret that decision, and then now he's trying to like run. He's trying, he's like. He's, the people were turning like, no, we should probably have mass mandate, and I want to say it's his fucking office that approved this dumbass commercial. <sighs> because when I saw that commercial, I could not stop laughing. I was like, I'm a street hustler. Like, it's like I make moves. It's like, tell me you're racist without telling me you're racist. <laughs> right, right, like, right. That was like, I don't understand how it went through whatever the fucking department they go through. They said yes, let's go with that. Yes, and it's clear on who runs that department. I don't think there's an ounce of color on the walls in that fucking place, okay? <laughs> because that dude was stereotypical. He was black. He was pretty muscular in a sense. He had a few tattoos on his fucking He's wearing a white shirt, clean fucking fade. You know what I'm saying? Gold watch, diamonds on him. He makes moves in these streets. I move on these streets, and I, feel, I, I love how he said, I got vaccinated to keep y'all safe. First off, go fuck yourself. Because, <laughs> like, cause I, it's like, it's funny. It's like, there's actually a, it was a case in Ohio this guy got arrested, and the judge told him, you have to get vaccinated. The judge is mandating it for probation. And he was like, the, he was like, why? The judge responded with, he said, nigga, but like, like, nigga, you're selling fentanyl. Why you care about the vaccine? And right. I was like, touche on that one. Right. It's like, it's a case still, they're still fighting it right now. Like, it's still happening. We'll see what happens with that. But like, this nigga was talking about selling shit. Like, I'm a street hustler. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. Like, you're a drug dealer. Right, which it made me when I watched this, it made me laugh because I was like, first of all, the when you go to get your vaccine, they ask you all your information and they look you up. Ain't no one who's a street hustler, quote unquote, also, like, is gonna give up all the information you know, to someone part, who works for the government. They literally could just have some dude delivering fucking food and have that same commercial. They could have found an Amazon like USPS, Amazon someone is FedEx, in Arkansas. Yeah, like, that's they literally picked some, and they had a white, they had a car like bro, this fool's clearly a drug dealer. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you're, you're trying to be drug dealer, and that's it's fucked up because like that's how you see us, huh? That's how you see it. Oh, I wasn't surprised at all. And when you find out like, oh, it's Arkansas, I was like, this just makes a whole bunch of sense because it's like, because honestly, I thought it was fake. Oh, I thought it was fake too. I was like, this is definitely the Daily Show. Like, yeah, like, is this something Daily Show Daily became on? It's not real. We should we should recreate that though. We should do our own well, like they, they we are. move in these streets. We move in these streets. The Arrows Podcast. The Arrows. Podcast. We got vaccinated. To keep <laughs> like, y'all safe. Like, to keep y'all safe. Because I'm selling these drugs, y'all niggas. But no, I think that was just so embarrassing and it was so funny. However, what I will say is not embarrassing is I am vaccinated and I hope all you guys are as well. Because I'm trying to be out and about once we get to summer 2022 because summer 2021 moved kind of fast and we already have a Delta variant 
and we already have anti-vaxxers uh, who are you know dropping by the wayside. So please go out there, get your vaccine. Uh, we all want to be back outside. We all know that the more, yes, if you get the vaccine, you can still catch COVID. That's always been reported. But even if you catch COVID, you either be asymptomatic or you will show less symptoms or the symptoms won't be as bad. It's real simple. Like, it's unfortunate. They're going to force anybody to get it. Or you don't fucking hang out with people. Yeah, exactly. Like, do we really want to go back inside like we did in March 2020? Oh, nigga. Did I tell you, like, there was no, nigga, we outside. Man. <laughs> I'm about to be outside in two weeks. Like, I ain't going to tell you where I'm going. I'm going to be out of this motherfucker. I'm going to be outside fucking living. Oh, my God. Well, how can people follow, one, the show, and how can people follow you on social media to see you, you see you outside living? I'm out here living. <laughs> you can follow the show at the Eros Podcast. That's T-H-E-E-R-O-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And you want to see me live my motherfucking best life, <laughs> you can find me on V-I-C underscore G-W-4-O-3-D. That's Twitter and Instagram. We outside, baby. <laughs> uh, you guys can follow me at Chillin' with Curtis. Chilling with no G, chilling with Curtis, all lowercase, all one word on Instagram, and then at Curtis Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, please, you know, like, subscribe, download, and share. Tell a friend to tell a friend about our podcast, and we will see you guys later. Yep, wear a mask. Wear a mask.